My friends, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who comes into the world to free us from the traps and snares that seek to bind us in order that we may have the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, it was a trap. You notice that. There's no getting around it. They were plotting to catch him. They came pretending to honor him and admire his sincerity and truthiness. But their goal was not to hear his gracious word or receive anything from him, but rather to ensnare him and trap him. It was all an attempt to put Jesus between a rock and a hard place, to squeeze him real hard to see what he would finally do. It was placing in between the ruling government and the people, putting in jeopardy his life either way. For they needed a way to shrink his influence and bring him to heal. We're quite used to these tactics, for we see them every day. There's always pressure to be applied. Sometimes it's in our governments, sometimes it's in our workplaces, other times it's in our families as we push and squeeze people to get them to do what we want. We all know the general sayings, you've got to play ball, you can't always get what you want. Don't bite the hand that feeds you, get along to get along, right? Publicly honor, always. But in our hearts and in the background, plot and scheme to get our own way. It's the way of the world. Gotcha questions, hair splitting, these are almost always intended to do nothing but take people down a notch or two and hopefully raise us up in the process. Well, this was a pretty good trap, wasn't it? Tell us then, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor? For you realize taxes are never really popular. And so his popularity was on the line if he said, yes, taxes are the way to go. And on the other hand, speaking against paying taxes would have put him into the target of the ruling governments. It could have been taken as a call to revolt, which would have put him in deep, deep trouble. And that's how a trap works, isn't it? It forces you to choose between two imperfect options, choosing what is best for you. My dog is pretty well behaved and smart. She knows very well that taking food off of the counter has a price. But it's a trap. Right? Because either she doesn't get the food or she has to pay the price. The price is a time out inside of her kennel, away from the family, which she also really likes. But I'm pretty sure sometimes she calculates in her mind the risk versus reward. And when she smells the food, she looks around and sees if anybody's going to notice. And then she makes her choice, right? And usually, getting a barbecued chicken wing in her mouth is worth the cost, and so we lose dinner. The flaw, however, in the Pharisees and Herodians' thinking 
is that Jesus is going to choose for himself. For you see, Jesus isn't into self-preservation. He's not come to protect his popularity or power. He isn't choosing based on his political calculations or how to keep growing into the world. In fact, he sees right through the trap because he already knows what they don't want to see. He already knows what they all want to keep hidden, both the crowds and the state. This simple little truth that both the people that he has come to save and the rulers of the world who think they are empowered are all aligned against him. There is no way out from the squeeze that they're putting on, and he's not looking for it. All of them want him dead, as they will soon say publicly. He knows the cross is coming. He knows there is no way out, so he isn't seeking to avoid the trap, but rather he's seeking to expose the trap and spring it upon himself, giving his life to free us from the bounds They couldn't have found a more dangerous trap either. After all, money is dangerous. Money traps us in many ways. One of the biggest ones is that we say, money talks. And what does money say to us? Well, it tells us what we're worth, doesn't it? Isn't that how we say it? And so we count up our coins. We invest wisely and watch it grow. We watch our accounts carefully, for as we listen to our money, we know our place in the world. We know our worth. We know what doors we can enter and which we cannot. Of course, money lies when it talks, but it is a powerful lie. For you are worth far more to God than your wealth could ever say will always undervalue you. One of my favorite types of jokes feeds right off of this lie that money has something to say. It goes something like this. There are a few variations of this. The only thing I ask is for the opportunity to prove that money doesn't buy happiness. Isn't that what we want? We know money can't give us what we're looking for, but we still want the money, don't we? The second way is that money is power. Don't we believe that also? And that's how money traps us, by insisting that we have to use this power responsibly. You don't want to give to the wrong sorts of people. You don't want to give to the wrong sorts of causes. You might be contributing to the things that you don't like happening in the world, after all. So you've got to check them out and check them out thoroughly. Always look for the best prices wherever you can to hold on to your power. Don't invest in the things that you disagree with. I mean, when you really think about it, there are so many rules and demands about how we use this money that we get paralyzed and stuck wondering if we should ever give or spend anywhere to anyone. And on top of this, taxes. What a trap, right? 
As a society, we simply cannot decide if we should be paying more taxes or fighting for more responsible spending. And so we end up doing neither. For fear that the people might revolt. There is little room for hope and joy when the traps are set and ready to spring for all they do is induce fear and worry and doubt. There's never enough. There's never enough for you to do. You simply can't do it all right. And when our efforts and energies are put into preserving ourselves, the trap doesn't even have to spring. It's already done its job quite well. Which is why Jesus is a savior, for he doesn't avoid the trap and play to himself, but rather he jumps in with both feet right on the spot to spring the whole trap upon himself. He says it this way, give to the emperor what belongs to the emperor. Give to God what belongs to God. Now, if you're always trying to listen to your money and use its power, giving is about the worst thing you can be told to do. But if you're not trying to preserve your power, but are receiving all good things from God, then giving is the freeing command that allows money to go back to its place, putting it back in its proper place in the world silencing its demands, telling it to be quiet, and making it serve its purpose rather than making you serve it. Jesus says, give and give so that money is no longer a trap and is not able to be used to manipulate you, but rather is given so that it can be given and given and given. Give what is demanded of you. Give what is asked. Give what is begged from you. Give to whoever is in need. That's money's purpose. Invest wisely, sure, so that you can give more. Save up for the things that you want so that you can give them as gifts again. But most importantly, don't Stay, hoard and save your money just looking at it, allowing your money to tell you that it is something more than it is. Listen to Jesus. Spring the trap. Give. Give. Trusting that he has given everything for you. Now, in these days of stewardship in the church, it also starts to feel like a trap, right? We're always asked to give more. We're wondering when it's going to end. Pastors get caught in the middle and we get all sheepish, saying, I don't know if we can ask for money. The congregation starts to feel guilty, but I'm here to tell you we're not going to play the game because we are going to live in the freedom that Christ has given us in this. Give. Give freely. Give with the joy of knowing you have a gracious Lord and God, a beautiful Savior who has sprung you from the trap, pressing in upon you and holding you down. Restoring to you the joy of giving, 
even as we're trapped in this world. Give to Caesar. Give your taxes. Give to your church and community. Give to your family, knowing that God has given all for you. He has given you the kingdom. You can't lose it. Christ has given you his life. It is eternal. Jesus, your Lord, has given you the promise that your sins are forgiving, and therefore nothing can come between you and your God. For in this promise, we find hope for our lives, a hope that never ends, for God continues to shower his goodness and grace and mercy upon us. Take hearts, listen to Christ's word, and enjoy his gifts. Cast off the shackles that he has taken from you, for the trap has been sprung and he has paid it all. And know that you have Christ, the never-ending gift. Amen.